Hey there, Zlatko here. Welcome to What Is My Brain podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I get the opportunity to chat with fellow founders and business operators about their journey and how they got to where they are now, where they are going and how they're going to get there. I'm planning on bringing guests and touching on topics such as running multiple businesses, executing ideas, and just spitballing about random topics and current events. It's a casual conversation, and that will hopefully bring value to anyone that decides to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. Uh, Victoria, thank you so much for being on the on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I originally reached out to you because uh, I saw you on Twitter and you have a newsletter uh, that I signed up for um, called SaaS Growth. What is it? It's just SaaS Growth, right? Yeah. SaaS Growth. Um, and so um, I wanted to get you on the podcast because I've been dabbling in the SaaS world for you know a few years. And um, I just wanted to have a really nice conversation about uh, building products, uh, your background and, and everything you did. So um, I'd love to have you introduce yourself, um, give us a little bit of background of where, how you started, where you are now and uh, where you're going, because I know you're also building your personal brand and a lot of different things. We're kind of in the same wheelhouse. So I'd love to just kind of chat about all those things and, and um, you know, have you introduce yourself. Great, great. No, thank you very much for having me uh, at your podcast. It, it's great to see the power of Twitter. I must say that I started to build a network on LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh, I was impressed by how powerful it is and still is because I'm not active on LinkedIn, but I'm still getting people reaching out. And it's impressive about all these new opportunities and collaborations that are just sprouting. <laughs> exactly. From networking and talking to people, so yeah, Twitter definitely. I I started with Twitter, and I was I'm very happy that you reached out because I'm always happy to talk about SaaS. Actually, I'm uh, a few minutes ago I had another interview, and the person who interviewed me, uh, she said that she never used the word SaaS so much in a sentence when introducing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that was very funny. Uh, I must say that I I ended up in the SaaS world by accident. Uh, I was very sure about my trajectory in the uh, academia. I was a researcher, a PhD student. I was uh, in a research group, investigation, doing different stuff. Uh, when at some point something hit me and I said, okay, I'm tired of the nine to five and I just want to experience something else. So let me grab my, pack my things, go on an island. <laughs> uh, I went to Greece and just... Try and do something else. And um, then I asked myself, okay, what I'm good at? And I'm good at writing. So I said, okay, let's try this freelancing thing. Oh. <laughs> freelance, freelance writing, yeah. But my previous background was in the events industry. So I reached out to SaaS companies who are in the events industry because obviously this is the topic I, I, I knew best. Right. I, I, I wouldn't reach out to, I don't know what, to artificial intelligence company because I what I'm yeah. going to write and what's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. to provide. Yeah, exactly. And I just started to called to send cold emails to different founders to CMOs to until somebody said that hey we're interested and this is how it all happened I started to work with a French Colombian SaaS company that I'm still collaborating with uh, for more than five years already and um, this is how I started to 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 learn from them and other companies that I was writing for I started to learn more about the SaaS industry and it hooked me I realized that it's so fascinating, especially, you know, it hooked me through, um, first of all, this uh, feeling of a startup, you know, we are a small team, we are, because obviously I started to work with uh, smaller teams that grow over time, but all this enthusiasm and all this passion and all this vision that we're here to do something, okay, not to change the world, obviously, because I think it's silly to say that you're building a company to change the world, but you know this desire to just create things and do something new. And the way I see the SaaS industry is that SaaS companies are creating the infrastructure of internet. It's like yep. creating the roads, creating the trains, creating the yeah. All this is happening, and this is also happening in parallel in the metaverse with uh, the blockchain uh, uh, engineering and all. Mm-hmm. It's a different world completely. But yeah. in this, in the Web 2.0 SaaS industry, they are creating the infrastructure. So uh, yeah, so this is how I end up there in the SaaS world, and uh, I. I started I to learn more about it and to investigate. And now I launched, yes, my own thing. 
I'm creating content. I create. Uh, I spend most of my time checking what other SaaS companies are doing, reverse engineering their growth practices because there are some growth practices that we're not aware of, but you can definitely see that this is what they're trying to do. Or I'm checking interviews, listening to founders, to CMOs, to see what's what's up, what's new. And I'm creating, I'm uh, writing five growth practices per week. Uh, they're premium content, but also I'm offering one growth practice for those who su- subscribe to the newsletter. Cool. So, yeah, this is what I'm doing. In parallel, collaborating with uh, other SaaS companies and doing cool stuff with cool people in the SaaS world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's how we yeah. met, too. So that's that's yeah. really awesome. Um, so let me ask you, what are some, uh, when, you, when you're talking about some of these, like, growth tactics and your reverse engineering, um, what kind of drives you to find that company that you're like, wait, what are these guys doing? Or let me reach out to them and figure out why they have such a high trajectory of growth and and all these other things and then my follow-up question to that would be more recently what sort of tactics have you seen where you actually say oh wow this is really interesting and so many people are not doing this and they need to be doing it because there is you know whether it's i mean it could be like paid growth it could be organic growth it doesn't matter but i'm just curious to know like what those next next things uh, are that you're seeing that you're like ah these people are doing this because i i and and i just want to backtrack i read an article today uh, obviously you probably know dropbox um they had a very interesting way of of uh, growing their business so they had this whole thing where they give you two gigabytes free of space um and then you would invite somebody else and then you would gain a little bit more space and then all of a sudden they started converting a lot of these free customers to paid customers and it was it was almost like the uh, the thing in the email uh, footer that people would say sent from my Hotmail email and then people click on it and they sign up for it was kind of that same exact thing. So um, long story short, long winded question, but what what are some of those? How are you finding those people? And then what are you seeing that's really catching your eye? OK, so I have a database of a few thousands of SaaS companies. OK, and this is it's my database and it's not that I'm putting there all SaaS companies. I don't go to G2Crowd or to Captera and just copy paste yeah. everything. I'm putting there the companies that are really interesting. And I can't exactly tell you it's a combination of feeling. Okay, so obviously, first of all, it's the website. And I like to say that the website is not just a place where you showcase your value, but where we can see, we people, the users, yeah. your innovative and uh, um, uh, spirit and experiments you're doing. So. I've checked the website and I'm seeing if somebody, a company is doing, trying to do lots of things, interactive content communities, they're trying to create new things. So this is go. This is the type of company that goes into my list. And um, I'm just researching. I'm just curious. I'm following different SaaS blogs. I'm following different um, people on Twitter. I'm also discovering different people on Twitter. And by the way, now I'm very hooked on indie hackers. I like very, I, I like very much because they're not following the trends. And they're actually experimenting and trying new things mm-hmm. that big companies, corporate B2B SaaS, they didn't even hear. I yeah. didn't even heard about this um, these practices. But uh, I'm in love with Miro. Miro is a huge company. Yeah, but they're great. We use them internally for a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm, I'm very interested in. They're using lots of growth practices. And first of all, there are two growth practices from Miro that caught my attention. And I can't say that all SaaS companies can or should apply these growth practices right. because there are so many differences and you have to, you know, this is another topic that I I see that everybody's chasing growth hacks and to try the next thing, but we have to develop a more strategic um, mm-hmm. approach to growth and understand exactly why and if this growth practice is good for the company or not. And be patient and see if it gives results in time, not just jump from growth tactic or right, or right, right, yeah, right. But and Miro is is great at building this growth uh, vision and growth strategy because Miro, for example, is a B two C two B company. Right, right. They are based on land and expand. They are uh, attracting uh, users inside the company, and these users are acquiring other users inside the company. 
because team collaboration, because, hey, mm -hmm. try this platform is great for brainstorming. Hey, I have a design meeting. Uh, the designer pulls up the mirror board and everybody from marketing, sales, customer success are on the same board. And then more teams inside the company, they start adopting Miro. And then mm -hmm. the executives are popping up. Hey, no, first of all, the chief security officer pops right. up and says, hey, this is safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who yeah, are yeah. they? And uh, here comes another small growth tactic from Miro that is absolutely brilliant. Miro offers almost everything ungated. You can access guides, books, ebooks, whatever. They gated one book, one ebook, one white paper on compliance and certifications because they know that if a, a client, a company is already, it's ready to go for the enterprise plan, the CSO or the chief information officer, they're yeah. interested in reading this white paper and they're going to download it. And this email is very, very precious because they know that the intent of purchasing the product is big and they can reach out and they can have a different level, different kind of conversation like mm. B2B. So I love this, how, how, how smart they, they are about that. Wow, that's and, really, really interesting. I didn't even, yeah. I had no idea about that. And do you, yeah. and have you gotten any insight in terms of their trajectory of growth since, because they didn't study, they started what, like a year and a half ago or something like that, or two years ago? Miro, they started in 2000. Oh, they're like 10 years or they started long ago. They, they started Whoa. like, uh, they changed names. It was Colorboard, Board of Collaboration, or I don't know. It's, they have a very um, interesting story and they started as a, um, they actually changed their wheels while uh, driving because they had they build everything on Flash Five. Then they have to change completely with users and everything to another language, and it was a mess. And um, something changed when they decided to change the strategy, and they said that we're not building a tool; we're building an ecosystem. Right, right, because right, right. The second growth strategy that they're strong at is building an ecosystem, and what it means ecosystem. Uh, they're transforming their users or fans into mm -hmm. creators, first of all, people mm -hmm. who are creating templates, community members, uh, experts. They have an um, expert marketplace. Um, I mean, they're involving all the stakeholders in mm -hmm. something, in different projects, in different type of uh, uh, events, in community activities. And this is how they're not only building just a tool, they're, they're building an entire ecosystem, they're building an economy around Miro. Wow. Because, for example, the experts, they're getting certified and they can then uh, showcase their um, expertise by getting clients who want to learn Miro. The same thing is doing Notion, for example. They're certifying the Notion consultants who then can use their Notion knowledge to get money, to generate revenue. Yep. Webflow yep. is doing the same, but with Webflow, yep. it's even more interesting because they're allowing, they're um, not allowing, they're empowering users to become educators. So how many YouTube uh, videos are on Webflow or YouTube educator? Webflow educators are yep. out there who are making money from masterclasses on how to use Webflow. So yep. these SaaS companies are basically building economies around their products. They are. They are. They are. And I'm a fan of all of those, uh, all of those companies. And the one thing I would say about, um, I would say about uh, uh, Miro, and uh, I mean that just blew my mind that they've been around for ten years because that just shows you that you know because I I almost now that I think about it I think they were called like real time board or something yeah yeah something like that yeah 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 okay so I do remember that because I remember using the product but it wasn't that good I think the one um, I just remember one day being like I need to scratch something on a piece of paper I went on Miro signed up really quickly you know, there was already like a bunch of templates and stuff. I just opened up a blank one and I just remember sending it to my team and everyone being like, oh, this is actually really interesting, like how this works. Like this is super nice. And I'm like, yeah, and it integrates with this and it does this. And the user interface, I think to me was like the absolute best thing because they really worked on the design of the app so well. Like it was, it was done to the point where there was no lag time. There was, I mean, the infrastructure of the of the entire product is top notch, in my opinion. Um, and same thing with Webflow. I'm a huge Webflow person. I love Webflow uh, just from every perspective. Uh, you know, building it, the company, the story of the company, even you know how how 
how many times it failed and how many times they had to get back up and try it again and all these other things. So it's, it's very inspirational, but at the same time, you know, I, I definitely, um, I definitely see what you mean by building economies. Uh, that that's really interesting way to, to to look at it. What are some other companies that you're seeing out there doing that? Because I know like Asana is trying to get into that as well a little bit now. Okay, the poster child is Atlassian. Uh, in 2021, December 2021, or actually December, yeah, this, no, December 2021, uh, they announced that their marketplace uh, generated two billion, one billion. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, people. Uh, uh, selling their uh, Atlassian-related apps, integrations, and everything. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it's huge. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's huge. That's like almost like I'm sure that's pretty close to some of the bigger app stores that are out there, like the the Google App Store, or whatever that is. So yeah, that that's amazing. So I, exactly. I was I, I always looked at Atlassian as like this big enterprise company that, you know, just had all these tools in house and, you know, all this. And we used them for a while at, uh, at my agency and we had to switch over just because it was, it was not the most user friendly. I know that they're making a lot of improvements there, but man, like I, if I compared, I know it's different. It's like apples to oranges, but like the Miro side and then like Atlassian, it's like night and day to me. And I feel like Miro is, has hit that a nail on the head really, really well with like design, user interface, flow, all the integrations that they have with the, the project management tools and things, different things like that. So, and it was a huge change of vision because they changed their name. They, yeah. they, they went for the name of the painter Juan Miro. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the, the whole essence of the brand changed, I think. And with this, it's like, you know, an identity shift that actually was felt in the whole company, I believe. I would love to have a chat with Andrei Husid, the uh, founder, uh-huh. and see what exactly he had in mind. Hey, you ha- you're on uh, Twitter. Just reach out. And who knows? You never know. Like, it, it might yeah, be one yeah. of those things. And yeah, um, yeah. I'll even reach out. Maybe we can have a we can have a three-way call with him or a yeah, three-way yeah, podcast. And talk. <laughs> but by the way, since you're talking about the growth practices, you said that you had to sign up to Miro and to do the... Okay, the sign up is easy. But you know, another growth practice that I absolutely love, and I see that indie hackers are using it and small SaaS companies are using it. You know, this transition from sign up, try for free, no credit card required, but now it's try it, no account required. You don't have to make an account. You just go in, click on the on, right. the, yeah, on the CTA, on the call to action, and you just can try it. The, the product like Tally is you can create forms on Tally without registering um, typefully, yeah, which is a Twitter uh, thread maker and much more. I mean, right. cool. also, you can just test it. Okay, you can test it. They provide limited features, but then you have to sign up with your Twitter. But still, you can see the the, the product. They don't even have uh, the you know a landing page. Right. Uh, Octopus also they have a very curious, very weird landing page that you just see the product again, the dashboard. So yeah, but uh, the thing is that I don't. I'm not sure how they are tracking. Uh, growth through you know using this practice because you don't get uh, any i mean don't get any signups so you can't actually track maybe the number of visitors the number of tries the number of but i'm not sure how is this converting into growth but i'm sure it's a very interesting practice and i see more and more companies using it yeah 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 absolutely and uh how are you uh kind of going back to my other question how are you going out of your way to like find these companies that interest you in terms of, uh, you know, figuring out, for example, uh, you know, like a Miro that's been around 10, that's not necessarily like a startup or whatever it is. So I'm looking at like maybe, let's say the last companies that came up in the last three to four years, like which ones are you catching right now that you're like, oh, these guys are, they've figured out something completely unique, whether it's using social media in a different way or using, you know, Twitter in a different way or whatever that is. Cause I feel like everything, everything now is shifting more to a couple of different things. It's 
I think the, the, the overarching word is community um, and community trickles down into, you know, the Twitter, the LinkedIn, the, you know, different things, whether it's in Discord, whether it's on Slack or any of these things, like people are now building almost communities before they actually build the actual product. So I'm just curious. I'm like, are you fi finding any early stage like startups or two to three, four year startups that are really catching your attention in terms of how they're approaching their, their growth and, and what they're doing? Yes, obviously there are some, I have some favorites, but before that, I would like to, to mention that I, I see more pil pillars in the yeah. growth of young startups, especially now. Uh, for example, with community, I would say that there is a difference between community and audience, because on Twitter and LinkedIn, we have audiences. But when you bring these audiences in-house via Circle or Slack or yeah. You you actually own this audience. It's a community. If Twitter disappears overnight, you lose all of your audience. But having them in house, it's right. different, and you build uh, connections differently. Second, um, uh, second pillar is I'm seeing more and more SaaS companies, even the young ones or even the smaller ones, in terms of revenue, they're moving from inbound marketing to media marketing. To okay. they're building media products. I mean, since you're um, since you like Webflow, for example, you know about the Webflow TV. Okay, it's a huge company that built a media uh, a brand like ProfitWell. They built Recur Media, Recur Media, or how it's called. The, it's also a media brand. But mm -hmm. also there are smaller companies that are also building um, media products. For example, 360 Learning. I'm not sure how, how are they in terms of revenue, how small it is or how big it is. But two, three years ago, they launched, they launched a docu-series. Okay, they hired a new content marketer, I think, or mar director of marketing, and they showed, like, uh, they filmed, like, 10 or something episodes showing how she's integrating into the team, how she's taking over, how she's building uh, the strategy. And it's like a drama series. Like, you're watching drama. Series. Oh, it's wow. Like, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's very, like, you know, you really feel like you are watching a drama show. But yeah. it's us. It's us. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like the, the behind the scenes stuff that everybody loves to watch. They just kind of put that front and center. That That's really awesome. That's really, you said that's exactly. 360 learning. That's the company. Yeah, this is how it's called. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Exactly. And and third is the personality of uh, putting a face on the company. I, I For example, last week I mentioned, I recommended two SaaS companies because of their uh, founder. Mm -hmm. Because I follow them on Twitter, I know what they're doing, the transparency level of the company. And it's uh, the um, Social Sprout Index uh, data shows that people care about founders being out there, being active on social media. It doesn't matter if they're building in public or if they're right. um, just sharing their insights, thought leadership. And since you asked me the question about um, younger startups, okay, it's not young, it's Lemlist, it's a French startup. Um, and they are like three or almost four years on the market, but they reached without any investment around 10 million in annual recurring revenue in three years. Wow. Which is absolutely impressive. And you have to see, um, how is his name? Uh, Guillaume Obesh, who is the founder. Uh, he is so active everywhere on LinkedIn, on Twitter. They're creating, they're even creating a documentary, a documentary on how they built Lemlist. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's and they used lots of growth experiments. I don't remember them now. I remember reading uh, an article he wrote about step-by-step, -step, how they build the community, how they build the love for the product. But, you know, in this little, it's it's not an overnight success, obviously three years, but it's all about building growth systems and being consistent. Yeah. You know, I, 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 everybody talks about quality versus quality. And what I'm saying is that actually it's a triangle. It's quality, uh, quantity, and consistency. Yep. Like if you I want to that. succeed nowadays, you have to respect this. Three, yeah, you three, have to. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a really good way of. Um, I think so. For me, uh, just on the topic of of consistency, that's one thing that. Um, I've always had a little bit of trouble with in the past because I am I am multi-passionate and I'm very like ADHD driven. Uh, so I come up with an idea today. I'm like, I love it. We should go with this. This is a great new product we can build. You know, like my mind immediately goes like, I think I found something. And that's honestly one of the 
one of the apps that I built that my team and I built obviously um, in 2016, 2017, um, we launched in 2018, uh, was actually a peer to peer tool rental company called Spare Tools. And um, basically, it's the Airbnb for renting out your tools in your garage. So if you have something that, you know, people need to do handiwork or whatever it is. They come to you that you rent it out to them. They pay through the platform and then they come bring it back and all these other things. And that was one of those things where I caught it in 2016 when I was doing a home project and I went on the app store, didn't see anything. And I was like, this is weird. There's always an app for something, you know, there's always something out yeah. there that you can. And two years later, I went back and I still didn't see anything. And I was like, how has nobody built anything around this? So I simply told my team, I said, hey, we're going to treat this as like an internal product. And we're going to just go ahead and build it from the ground up, the design development. We did everything in house. And that was one of those moments where I think that opened me up to being like, what's stopping me from doing this? five more times with five different ideas like why why not type of thing and so i'm always curious about when when some of these companies that are you know like the miro sticking around for 10 years i mean they could have easily closed their doors gone and done something else and you know um i'm just really really curious about like what's the sustainability of some of these companies that are you know doing these growth hacks and different things is it actually like long term or a lot of these guys doing this to just simply get acquired you know and move on to the next thing i think there is no i mean there is no answer to that because every single founder goes into business because of his her their reasons right 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 somebody wants to get acquired somebody wants to build you know somebody says that you know what i don't care to, to run an unicorn i just want to have a sustainable life like for example paul jarvis you know him uh he wrote yeah, yeah, the yeah. company the company of one and yeah. he actually is an advocate of building systems around your company for you to live calmly without stress to have your company running and he actually built fathom analytics which is a replacement for google analytics and take i mean with all the gpr craziness and all the bureaucracy around yeah. the, you know the privacy and uh, yeah i mean in this case every single founder is decides what to do and why first of all the most important why Right, right. Are you uh, are you planning on uh, building anything yourself, like any SaaS products that you feel passionate about? That you're like, hey, I want to build something that I can I can leverage with my personal brand and my and my newsletter and everything else. I built SaaS Minds, which is a content pr uh, product, uh, okay. because I'm uh, I I know what I'm good at. I'm good at researching. I'm good at connect con connecting the dots. I'm good at synthesizing and writing. This is what I'm good at. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody's like, uh, everybody was saying, ah, nobody will likes newsletters, who wants to receive more newsletters. Substack, they, uh, they reached $1 million in uh, revenue. Their users reached $1 million in revenue selling access to their newsletters. Right. Or selling access to content. I mean, knowledge is valuable, especially for this industry, because... Successful SaaS founders and professionals, they need to be always up to date. They need to be curious. Yeah. They need to learn, but they don't have the bandwidth. Plus, right. the internet is flooded with noise and you don't know. You end, you want to read a growth hack and you end up watching a cute cat video on YouTube, whatever. Right, 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 right. You go down the rabbit <laughs> but, hole. <laughs> exactly. But when, when you pay for a product, when you pay for a content, when you pay for somebody to be your researcher, actually, on a daily basis, You'd give you you're committed to actually consume this information and try yep. to learn something from it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I am, I don't I don't have plans in building a SaaS company, but I am collaborating with some amazing SaaS founders on building new stuff. Let's say, and I'm covering the part of marketing of consulting, advising. The, right. I'm excited in uh, right. I'm excited to work with uh, SaaS founders because it's so much energy, so much drive. And I am giving, I mean, my value is in terms of marketing, content, strategy. This is what I do. And right. I, I don't want to do things that are out of my reach or out of my yeah. interest. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I completely get that. I completely get that. Um, and in terms of uh, in terms of kind of like your newsletter right now, how many subscribers do you currently have? Well, very few. It's only in the beginning. I I, <laughs> I have around around twenty subscribers. Okay. 
Yes. Nice, yes. nice. Uh, I, uh, I, I launched the website much earlier, but it took me time. You know what happened? I, uh, I wanted to do lots of things at the same time, and it took me time to simplify and actually yeah. synthesize and understand on what to focus. So I basically, it. it's uh, I it's about I'm I'm just starting. So yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. No, yeah, and yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. that's that's twenty that's twenty more than you know uh, you had before. So that, that exactly, and you <laughs> yeah, own that, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. own that, right? Like that's your that's your small network now, and it's going to keep growing. Um, are you planning on kind of running this thing as like a one person show? Are you kind of in part of that model where you want to run this all, or do you think that you'll end up building a team around you to kind of start like scaling this a little bit more? I'm playing with both ideas. Okay. I'm just gonna see how this evolves, mm-hmm. and um, I'm good doing it by myself right now. Right. But if this and when this grows, maybe yes. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I don't have a, like a fixed plan. I just I may I I created this uh, newsletter with the intention to help SaaS founders and professionals, but uh, who knows. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and so in terms of uh, in terms of different markets that you're that you're seeing pop up right now that are sort of like these hot markets, obviously, productivity has always been like a hot topic. You know, you have the project management tools, you have the again, going back to the Miro and all these other things. What are some industries that you're seeing that are really tapping into the SaaS world and are fixing problems in certain things? Is it, you know, something maybe in the food industry or something in the, you know, wh- where are you seeing a lot of that stuff kind of going across? Well, I think this is quite difficult to answer because I'm seeing, I'm seeing a different trend. I'm seeing uh, companies who build broad products, general products, and then they go very niche on a vertical. For example, today I discovered my case, which is a company for lawyers and law firms, okay. which basically helps with managing the, the company, invoicing, billing, uh, receiving the, I mean, getting paid and all this stuff. But it's so niche and so specific for the, the, law, for the law firms Obviously, this product can be used for other companies too, but I like to see that people are going niche to not only survive the red ocean, but actually thrive. Yeah. And build in that specific niche because we think that, ah, we have, if we have a productivity tool, then we have to go for the whole market. Maybe not. No, it's usually not the case. Exactly. Exactly. There are so many gems and so many diamonds on in verticals in niches. Obviously, you don't have to go super niche and to create a product for marketers who write with the right hand. Right, <laughs> right, right. Silly. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, and speak speak Spanish. But um, yeah, I'm. I I can't say that I. I mean, and I'm staying away from this idea of hot trend markets because yeah. there is always so much more than what we see in the news and what we see trending, for example. Right, right. And are you? Um, because I kind of this is. Uh, this kind of leads me to another topic that I think has been really hot for, you know, the last couple of years has been like courses and cohorts and different things like that. Um, I feel like you may have something here with all of your research and everything that you're doing to like create some sort of course for, you know, early stage startups or whatever it is to basically do some sort of um, initiative around, hey, this is what the companies are doing um, and sort of creating a course for SaaS founders that are jumping into it. Is that is that something on you've been thinking about or is that something that you're just, I, I'm not going to do that? <laughs> that just ha- happens to be a very interesting idea. Thank you very much. I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm always happy to, to because I, I you know, uh, there's always going to be a, a, a kind of a plethora of courses out there. There's going to be people selling all kinds of stuff. My my thing has always been, it doesn't matter if you get five people or fifty people to your to your course. If they find the value, they'll spread the word. And I feel like with SaaS, it's always a very complicated because I myself I run one service agency and one uh, product agency. And right now we're in the midst of building. Um, and the product side, we're building a, a, a tool. Um, basically, what it does is it, think about think about taking one. Pro- let's take one topic, like one project. 
um, let's call it, um, you know, let's call it Apple or whatever it is. Um, we use in our in our agency, we use all these different tools. We use like Asana for project management. We use Zendesk for support tickets. We use, you know, Miro for uh, doing like wireframes. We, we use all these different tools. Uh, then clients, you know, send us sometimes even personal emails, say, hey, I want to do this. And it's like, why didn't you send in the support ticket? And we started running into this issue where fragmentation starts to happen. Uh, client communication fragmented at some point um, because it goes to one person, it doesn't go to the rest of the team. Um, and then you get something internally where it goes into Asana, maybe not everybody sees it. Um, maybe, you know, three out of the five people see that pro- uh, see that question or that comment. And so my, my take has always been there needs to be a centralized place not to replace any of these other tools, but to simply bring everything together in into one simple like format. And we call the format timeline. So it's literally a timeline. And we created a we created a Chrome extension for it as well. And basically what it does is that if I'm on any page, whether it's my internal product project management tool or it's on the, you know, uh, on any website, doesn't matter. Simply, simply what we do is we can highlight any text on the page. We click on the click on the Chrome extension. The Chrome extension does three things immediately. One, it takes the URL where that where you are currently on that website or that uh, tool or whatever it is. It takes also the icon so that it's visually you can see like, oh, this is you know this was in Asana, this was in Zendesk or whatever it is. And then it also pulls in that text and it basically creates like a blob that has these three different items and you put it into this timeline. And then it, it's all event based. It's all time stamped. It's all, you know, you can also have different um, uh, um, uh, kind of moods. So we can have something like, oh, this was a positive experience. This was a negative experience. This was a neutral experience and sort of give each event like some sort of rating. And so the reason why we created this is because first of fragmentation, but the end of part of part of it is like when we have a team of 22 people at my one of my agencies. And so when we onboard a new client or we onboard a new employee or whatever it is for that employee, we can simply put them into a project and say, hey, go read about Project Apple in this case. And you can get an idea, you can get sort of this overview status that says, oh, this has been a really good relationship for our agency. This has, you know, um, this person has always paid their invoices on time. This person has done these different things. Um, And then simply, if you want to go reference any of those communications, whether it's an email or an Asana or wherever it was, you simply click on that link where you pulled it from and it takes you right back there. So we're not we're not recreating anything. We're simply giving people almost like a web where they can just go back to that original source. So if they if it's a support ticket, then you go right back to that support ticket and you can read the whole uh, whole thing. And so to me like that's one of the things we've been fighting is this tool is so wide. It can be used for people tracking their weight. It can be used for project management. It can be used for clients it could be used for so many things and i just keep running into this like cycle where i'm like we need to and and this reminds me because you just said about going like that my case company they went super deep into like lawyers and they were like well we have this tool that anybody can use but we're really going to focus on let's say lawyers and so for me that that's always been a little bit of a battle of how because to me i think project managers for the tool that we created the first starting point should be project managers like we need to go after the people because they're going to eventually invite their group of people, kind of like what Miro, you get one person in there and then they say, okay, go check this out. And then you start inviting three, four other people. And now all of a sudden you have, instead of one user, you have five users. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, and I'll show you the visual of the tool. I'm happy to like, maybe after this podcast or something, I can show it to you because I'm actually really interested to get your advice on it. We're doing some improvements where we have like team collaboration in there right now, mm-hmm. where we people can invite others into it. They can invite clients. Oh, team collaboration, want. by the way. Sorry, this is a huge, great gateway for B2C to be. When it's yeah. team collaboration, when it's when people can work together on specific projects. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what we're building right now. And we're also building preset templates. So we're also building templates that, for example, when a template, and I said, like, again, this has such a vast majority of use cases. And one of the use cases for me is, for example, you know, people are buying cryptocurrency or buying NFTs or whatever it is. 
And so imagine just going into this tool and be like, okay, I want to track all of my cryptocurrency purchases, whatever I purchase. I can basically create, uh, I can give that user a template that says, you know, the template is comprised of where did you buy it? How much did you buy? And what price did you buy it at? And basically they can go back at any point and look at that transaction and see, oh, it went there. And then they can take that link and go right to the blockchain, see where that transaction happened and have all that information basically in one place. I, I, I discovered that companies are niching very differently. Some are niching based on audience, others based on industry, others based on use cases, right. others based on geography. It, it's all about uh, you know, the resources. If you have the resources to personalize your messaging. For example, uh, with the audience, it's a, if you niche in your audience, it's very important to know to whom you are talking to. Right, right. Because it's different. The needs of a marketer are different than the needs of a doctor who... Yeah. Also, is managing a project, and the yeah. way you talk to them, you can't use an all-size-fits-all approach to Correct. this uh, aspect. This is why, when it comes to niching uh, the audience, it's always about your communication, marketing campaigns. When it's about niching in terms of industry use cases, it's about how your product vision, because maybe the marketers have different needs, and you are okay with changing slightly the product according to their specific needs. So it's all about the resources you have. The more resources you have, the more niches you can conquer. But if you start small, it's also better to, you know, to niche a bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, I'd love to show you the tool because I feel like you would have some really, really good insight on it and, and kind of the over overarching thing that we're looking to solve for and that's one app that you know um once we kind of get this team collaboration stuff dialed in i think we have about probably about another week and a half of development and some testing um that's really something i'm going to start you know working really hard to push it out there and and to your point um that's one of my goals is to consistent be consistent with you know being uh, uh, being transparent online, uh, giving people you know the, all the information that's required. Um, we're very big bullish on like security and making sure that things are secure. So anything that people add into those timelines, for example, us as the company, we can't see any information. We don't see anything mm -hmm. on from the user. So if people want to put yeah. some you know personal stuff in there, they can because we don't have access to anything. The only thing that we have access to is the username, the email, and if they're on a paid plan or if they're a on a free plan. And that's pretty much that. Um, and yeah, we don't want any other information. I will be happy to see the, the, the tool. I, I, I have just a comment about yeah. compliance that, yes, you, I mean, you know what you see and you don't see and you know that you're a safe company, but if you want to go B2C to B, you'll have to get some certifications. Um, there are right. specific, you know, certifications that custom uh, chief information officer will look at or yeah. see the CEO will look at. But I wanted to ask you, you said about templates. Are you going to allow people the possibility to create templates and maybe share with uh, the rest? Yeah, exactly. So that we're building, we're, we're modulizing these templates so that people can actually build their own as well with different fields. Mm. So they can create different custom fields and they can use it however they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. But they That's can share it with the community. Exactly. Awesome. That's, this that's is also building an ecosystem, actually. Exactly. So that's yeah. going to be like, first, we're going to do it. You can share it with your team and we're going to just try to work through that a little bit. But then we're going to kind of create this whole thing like, oh, people are creating their own templates. So, you know, create like sort of this like marketplace or this app, like, yeah. you know, ecosystem or something like that. So awesome. that's that's been sort of my my uh, project like baby. Uh, because we've been sitting on it for a little bit and there's just like a lot of stuff happening and and, and so on. So, um, but it, yeah, it, it, enough about enough about me on that <laughs> on that front. But um, is there anything else that you uh, you feel, you know, you want to talk about in terms of SaaS, anything you're seeing, anything mm -hmm. you want to share with people? Like, let's let's just go for it. Yeah, maybe since you mentioned transparency, I thought about, you know, open startups and companies who are fully transparent. Yeah. Like, but you know, I, I I remember seeing a very interesting tweet uh, from uh, Patrick Campbell, the founder of Profitwell. Yeah. And he was asking uh, if there are any uh, SaaS transparent SaaS companies that are that have more than twenty million in annual recurring revenue, except ConvertKit and Buffer. And there is nothing else. I mean, the, until the when companies hit a specific uh, amount of revenue in terms of revenue they stop sharing the data publicly but i'm fascinated with uh, 
especially with Buffer and what they're doing because they are so transparent and they're sharing everything with the public. And it's not only how much uh, the CEO is making or what's their uh, salary formula or they're even sharing their internal experiments, how they try the four-day uh, work week and how it worked actually and how they're continuing with it. And, you know, when you are so open and you're assuming your failures and you're saying, hey, I don't know how it's going to be, but this is what we're trying and you're sharing your lessons. I think it's fascinating in terms of building a brand and increasing brand awareness and, yep. you know, position yourself as, as a leader out there. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Um, and, and that's one thing I really value about Nathan Berry at ConvertKit too, is because they're they're very transparent with all of their financials and, and their growth and everything that they're doing. And I, I truly love that product. I use it for all of my stuff as well. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a great product. And, um, and I love that they've, you know, they've kind of pivoted as well of in, term, in terms of how they how they're dealing with their product and how they're advertising is they went from we're you know an email system for creators to now creator platform basically like they're doing other things they're integrating payments into their emails and people being able to like buy digital products and you know all these different things which is um which i think is really awesome but um the one company that I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if you had a chance to uh, kind of uh, research what they're doing and what they're not doing. Um, have you researched Hype Fury, the the Twitter uh, applicant, like the Twitter uh, client? I know the company, but I didn't research what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, I have it on my list. <laughs> okay. Well, they're they're they kind of. They interested me from a different perspective is because they came out the gates and they just have all these amazing features for for Twitter, uh, like some stuff that I've never seen anybody else do, which was, I think, sets them apart. And they really focused on the creator economy and people, you know, being like solopreneurs and different things like that. Um, so whenever you do some research on them, I'd love to talk again and just kind of see because they've been like at the top of mind with a lot of stuff because they've from what I can see, at least on on Twitter and other places that they've had just like huge trajectory in terms of like growth. And I don't know if that's due to, you know, their affiliate program that they have or whatever that is, but um, it, it's been really awesome. So I highly recommend you take a look at them because I would be interested to Will see do. what you Will find do. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious now that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and in terms of uh, in terms of kind of uh, the, the next steps for you, so what what are the things that you're building? What are you currently focused uh, or what, what are you focused on, like going forward as your as your one man, uh, one man business right now, one woman business? I'm sorry, I should say <laughs> uh, I'll be fo I'm focused on SaaS Minds, obviously, mm -hmm. on and growing my presence on Twitter. That's a big uh, uh, actually it's uh, quite difficult right now because I have to readjust again to be on social media. At some yeah. point, I deleted everything, Facebook, Instagram. I stopped using LinkedIn. I just had to like two years of calmness and deep work. Okay, okay. <laughs> and it was uh, really nice. But also, um, also, it's nice to be out there. It's nice to be on Twitter. It's nice to interact with people. So I have to rebuild this habit of being on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm collaborating with different SaaS companies in terms of uh, building uh, content marketing strategies, consulting, uh, helping with growth yeah because as i said i like discovering new teams discovering new people mm -hmm. and actually work with awesome people from SAS. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. and uh, most of the companies that you're working with are are the uh, founders and ceos of those companies um would you say that they're pretty active on social media overall or are some of them now starting to lean more into like linkedin or twitter or both and and my follow-up question would be those that are uh being, uh, you know, putting themselves out there and building those, you know, individual audiences and things like that are more of them leaning into LinkedIn or more into Twitter at the moment? You know, it's, uh, it's curious because uh, I'm working with both types of founders who are completely absent and those who are very active. And okay. this doesn't make anyone less successful than other. They're right, just going right. on different through different ways. And their founders are using LinkedIn because, for example, they build some products for LinkedIn. And there are others who are using Twitter or others who are using both or others who are using TikTok. Yeah. I mean, it's it, I, this is what I actually like about growth and SaaS. There is no right way to do things. There is no playbook. Right. You can experiment and you can pave your way and you can try new things. And 
in most cases it will work if it's uh, quality consistency and quantity yeah. you know yeah if you respect this framework yeah i love it i love that framework i absolutely love that framework um do you have any other do you have any questions for me anything else you want to chat about anything that's been on your list to chat about well, I was if uh, one question for you. I was very curious how you are managing your time and your mental um, energy when you are juggling between so many projects, so many teams, so many products. I'm very curious to know how you are actually entering in deep work and actually you're also doing this podcast, you're on social media. Yeah. How do you organize, especially not your, so much your time, but your energy? Actually both, your time and energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there's been some recent changes over at my, one of my agencies um, at the moment, which is requiring me to kind of step back into this day-to-day -day role um, uh, that I haven't had to do in about almost like a year. Um, so truthfully speaking, this week has been absolutely draining because I feel like stepping into a lot of the client work again and getting almost reassessed with everything that's going on because um, I, uh, I had stepped away and gave the role of day-to-day -day CEO to somebody else. Fortunately, that person just left last week. Um, and so I kind of have to step back into it. And um, it's been it's been really draining my creative juices, I would honestly have to say, because I'm now um, kind of putting out more fires than I'm actually creating, you know, the creative side of my brain and finding solutions and, and doing different things. Um, but overall, um, I think for me, the biggest blessing and, and what I'm really grateful for is that I've built some amazing teams around me that with my studio agency where we're, we're building just SaaS products. Um, the minute that this happened, everyone kind of stepped up and said, whatever you need from me, let me know. I'm willing to take over. So that's been, that touched my heart in a whole different way. Um, and also I would say uh, for me, uh, managing different. So for me, I love chaos. I absolutely love chaos. I love being uh, involved in multiple things. I love, um, I love creativity in every way, shape or form. And so more recently, about two, three months ago, I started really dialing into writing and writing has really, really helped me um, digest and decongest my brain a little bit more and really lay things out in a different thing. And so now that I'm having to sort of take on another CEO role and I'm CEO of another agency and I'm doing my personal brand and my podcast and building these apps, like it, it definitely is a lot, but it's also, I get these amazing spurts of energy when I enter into those creative spaces that allow me to balance that with some of the client work that I'm actually having to do. So I guess my, my answer would be one is sort of feeding the other in a way. When I get mm -hmm. really overwhelmed with client stuff, I try to do my best to go into my creative space and just do something yeah. for myself, do, do some writing, do a podcast like this and mm -hmm. talk to interesting people and get new perspectives on things. And, you know, your for even your simple framework and your energy about like sharing, you know, uh, how different founders are dealing with things and getting examples of companies that have been building for 10 years and they couldn't get past a certain point and then they just revamp, they do something, they put a mission behind the company and then, you know, they hit a rocket ship and they just go up. Like there's a lot of the stuff that goes on and obviously that all requires a lot of hard work and, and resources and all this. But to me, it's been really um, energizing to to have that creative space because about even like four or five months ago, um, I didn't have that creative space. I didn't have that personal brand that I'm building. I was really starting to feel like, okay, I need to do something around that because I have a lot to share. I have a lot of experiences. Um, I have a lot that I hopefully that people could learn from me and, and something that I even like one word that some I can share and somebody could be like, oh my God, that's amazing. I didn't even think about it that way. That's literally all. I'm not, I'm not here to build a unicorn. I'm not doing any of that. I'm focus on niche businesses and really leveling out my lifestyle a little bit more and focusing kind of like what you're doing on more of like a one a one person show one person business um with with the exception of you know having a team in the background that you know is dealing with a lot of the social stuff and transcribing our podcast you know all these different things that we could pull content i just that's not me i'm not the 
really detailed, go into like really deep into things. I burn very bright and I like go really, really fast at some point because I have so many different ideas in my brain and ways of doing it that if I can collaborate with my team to bring that to life and see them win in, in alongside me in that way, um, it's a very collective thing for me. And so I know that I can't do everything myself and I'm okay with that. And I'm even more okay with bringing the right people on board to handle those things. So um, managing a lot of it is really, really tough, but I think having the diversification really keeps me engaged too, because I don't like to be standardized into like one thing. I, it's just not how my brain works. So, um, but I'm working on a lot of it. It's not a perfect world. It's not any of that. I'm working on a lot of it. You know, I go to therapy, I, I try to do things for myself, I go exercise and do all those things. So I'm trying to keep a really, really good balance. But um, yeah, I just really love chaos. I think that's what it is. That's fascinating, because uh, you're basically nurturing yourself from, I mean, at some, you know, that in some cases, maybe people are waiting for things to be perfect to start something, but things are never perfect the way you think they should be. No, Just no. better start now and do your thing. Deal with the chaos, deal day by day, like don't stress. <laughs> exactly, about. exactly. And that's that's always been my, that's kind of what I've been also like putting out into the world of social media and my posts and everything that I'm doing is really focusing on giving people the tools and the mentality about just take action on something just start something even if you're at a day job if you have an idea to make a better iphone case just start digging into it see what other people are doing see what people are not doing and go with your own vision go with what you have in mind you may fail that's okay go on to the next thing that just gave you another another set of tools that you can use for your next yeah, business exactly. or your next idea so the journey is what i'm really uh, all about i love I love the route to getting somewhere, like even starting my first agency in 2018. You know, I started off as a freelancer, moved into an agency, built up a team and made a bunch of money, through, like all these things. But I had no idea. I was just I started the agency to survive and to never work for anybody else again. Yeah, that was yeah. my entire goal. So anything above and beyond that, I had no clue what I was going to what was going to happen. But I simply said to myself, I'm not going out and working for anybody else again. That's pretty much that. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's also great that you're sharing this on Twitter. And you said about sharing the process. And this made me think about something that Something that may be obvious to you, maybe like a brilliant discovery and a wow moment for somebody. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, Victoria. And, it's and like... we think and we think that ah, this is so obvious, it doesn't bring any value. But for somebody, when they made this may change completely their perspective and they may do things differently. And we don't yep. even realize. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That that's you're so spot on with that because Sometimes the simplest things to me, I, you know, I'll show you one post that I did on LinkedIn that got so many impressions, like it went to like 40, 50,000 impressions. And literally all it was is was talking about talking to people about getting out of their nine to five or even starting a side hustle with while being at their nine to five job. Yeah. And so many people tapped into that post that it was just like, whoa, I had no idea. Like this to me was just something that goes through my brain almost on a daily basis but for other people they're just like oh you made it really really easy and it's like oh okay <laughs> well good i'm glad you know that sort of thing so um that's i think uh, the, the real big thing but you hit it right on the head it's it's sometimes the most obvious things to me are the most complicated to others and if you just change their perspective and you turn that yeah. switch on it might op exactly. op open up some doors for them as well exactly exactly yeah. simplifying because we tend to over complicate things and when everything somebody synthesize everything in one a few sentences like ah oh, it's yeah it's so easy it's like Ex not easy it may not be easy but at least okay i have clarity now i understand what i have to do exactly exactly yeah. like some people will say there's 30 steps to do this and you're just like no you can do it in three steps actually yeah. if you just yeah. do these things so um but no that's that's really awesome so um yeah i think we're kind of coming up on time here and i just wanted yep. to say i really appreciate you being on the podcast i can't wait to be on your podcast at some point hopefully I, i'm gonna actually it's what i'm next gonna week. do <laughs> next week so yeah. uh, i'm gonna send you uh uh info about like timeline and all this other stuff i would absolutely love your input 
put on there. Maybe it's something we can even talk to talk about on your podcast and like growth strategies and different things like that. Um, but yeah, I would love to, uh, I, I can't wait to chat with you and, um, I really appreciate you being here. And so I want to just kind of give you the floor. Like, um, do you want to have people like follow you somewhere, your email or anything like that? Feel free to share it. Um, we'll also share it in the, in the, in the podcast notes at the bottom as well, but feel free to share where people can follow you and all that stuff. Yeah, I would encourage people to go to sasminds.com and check. Uh, they can subscribe to the free newsletter. They are going to receive one growth practice for free uh, each week. And they can also check the uh, the podcast, the SAS uh, Theory podcast. I know it sounds threatening because of the word <laughs> theory, but uh, the conversations I have in this uh, podcast are very fun and the people are awesome. So I invite you all to listen to the conversations. So, yeah, and uh, check the, creden- the, the, the social media credential under this <laughs> yeah. podcast. To, to follow and to say to say hi to send my message i i read everything i engage i'm not yeah yeah <laughs> just yeah. a human being who likes to interact <laughs> and talk about us <laughs> there we go i love it yeah. and i can i can vouch for that because i reached out to victoria out of nowhere and i just said hey i love what you're doing i knew she was at her you know to me it's always um it's not about how many followers you have or how many you don't have to me it was just like seeing what you were doing and i was like i'm really interested i just need to say hi and if that's all the conversation is that's completely okay uh but long story short i really appreciate you being here and taking the time to kind of go through this and hopefully people will get a little bit out of this uh out of this podcast thank you very much it was really nice to to be here awesome thank you victoria bye well you made it to the end of the episode thank you so much for tuning into what is my brain podcast I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got some value out of it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button to get notified when new episodes are live. I'm out. Thank you.